thank you, Jesus. Verse number 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. King James says, if any man is in Christ, be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. I want to talk about winning the struggle between the natural man and the spiritual man. There's a struggle, there's a tension that goes on between what the Bible says we are and what we actually experience in our daily lives. And, 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 and I believe that we can win this struggle. We can be victorious because God has taught us how to be victorious. Winning the struggle. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word, when it goes forth, will not return to you void. It will accomplish all that you desire. And you will, you will prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word is going to accomplish in our lives, this day, it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Hallelujah. Winning the struggle between the natural man and the spiritual man. And all of us engage, uh, have found ourselves in this struggle. I don't care how long you've been saved and how much you grow in the Lord, even though it gets a little easier as you go along and as you grow in the Lord, and grow up, up into Christ, uh, there is still a struggle that goes on. Amen. Amen? Jesus died that we might share in the new creation. Not just that we would be new creatures, but that we would share in the new creation. Our new relationship to Christ has brought about a new relationship to the world and to the people around us important that we understand this. We no longer look at life the way we used to look at life. To know Christ after the flesh, uh, because in verse 16 it says we no, we no longer regard uh, anyone from a worldly point of view, though once we regarded Christ in this way, we no longer do so. Uh, to know Christ after the flesh means to evaluate him from a human point of view, but the days of his flesh have ended, all right? Those days are gone. Those days are over uh, because he was crucified, but God raised him from the dead, and he ascended to heaven, and he is now glorified at the Father's right hand. So we don't want to just know the earth of Jesus. Amen. We want to know the resurrected Christ and glorified Lord. Adam was the head of the old creation, but Christ, the last Adam, is the head of the new creation. Somebody say new creation. The old creation was plunged into sin and condemnation because of the disobedience of Adam. The new creation means righteousness and salvation because of the obedience 
of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because of the obedience of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Uh, and because we are part of the new creation, everything, everything has become new. For one thing, we have a new view of Christ. Uh, you know, when you look at, look at the way Christ is portrayed, and I kind of alluded to this a moment ago, but uh, is portrayed sometimes in music and sometimes in art, uh, you view him after the flesh. I remember when we were, I remember many years ago, uh, people started singing this song about Mary's little baby is in here now. And Mary's baby not in here. Mary's baby is not in here. Because Mary's baby grew up. <laughs> Amen. Uh, you know, a lot of songs that people sing, because some people just don't have good theology. You know, uh, some people are immature in their faith, and that, don't mean it, that does not mean they can't write songs. Amen. They can write songs, and they can sing songs. Uh, yeah, yeah. But a lot of times, it, 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 it portrays Christ after the flesh. And there, there, there's too much, emphasis, too much of an emphasis upon the human figure, the man Jesus. Hallelujah. In, in these arenas. And consequently, people develop their concepts of Christ, the anointed one, around these images and sometimes don't ever connect to the fact that Jesus was more than a mere man. So when you talk about having faith in, in, in Jesus Christ and they see him as a baby, they see him as, as a man who walked the face of the earth, rather than seeing him as the resurrected Lord, how does that affect their faith? Their faith is very uh, small. Their faith is immature. They, they actually don't have faith because they're looking at a, a, a man. They're looking at the concept of a man who walks the face of the earth and not at the resurrected Lord. The, fact about, the facts about the earth and life of Christ are important because the Christian message is grounded in history. But we have to interpret the manger by the throne. Amen? We have to interpret his life by his death and exaltation. We don't worship a baby in a manger, nor do we worship a crucified Jesus. Amen. That's why I don't wear a crucifix, because he's no longer on the cross. Amen. Yes, they crucified him, and he was on the cross, but the symbol of the Christian church is not a crucifix. The symbol of the Christian church is the cross without anybody on it, because they took him off the cross, and they buried him in the grave. And on the third day, God raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. So, 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 so we don't worship a baby in a manger, nor do we worship a crucified Jesus. We worship the glorified Savior. We worship the exalted Lord and King who is seated on the throne in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, because all things are become new, we also have a new view of people around us. Amen. We see them as sinners for whom Christ died. We no longer see them. Listen now. We no longer see them as friends. 
or enemies or customers or co-workers or brother or sister, husband or wife. We see them the way Christ sees them. All right? Many as lost sheep in need of a shepherd. And as such, we are constrained by the love of Christ, hallelujah, to share Jesus with them. Amen. To share his love with them. Amen. As he would have and as he wants us to do. Hallelujah. Just bear with me a little bit. I'm, 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 yeah. Experiencing a little bit of something in my body, and I took something that got my head kind of going in a different direction here. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Ooh, Jesus, help me now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So when, when you're constrained, when you're constrained by the love of Jesus, you want to share his love with these same lost sheep because you know that the only way they will find meaning, purpose, fulfillment of their destiny in life is through faith in the one who, is already, who already has a plan and a purpose for their lives. I was reading uh, something the other day and, and it said that, uh, talking along the same lines, uh, it was talking about a church and, a, and, and this is what it said. It says, during an especially controversial presidential election, a church officer came into a Sunday school class wearing a large pen that promoted one of the candidates. The pastor passed by him and stopped him and advised him to take off that pen until church was over. And he asked the pastor, why? He's a perfectly good candidate. And the pastor's response was, suppose the pen is seen by an unsaved person of the other party, will it upset him and maybe keep him from hearing the word and maybe keep him from getting saved? The man resentfully took off the pen but then thought about it and smiled and said, I guess I should remember that people aren't Republicans or Democrats. They're sinners who need a savior. And that's more important than winning an election. Now we can, we can, we can, we can, use that in a whole lot of instances when we want to promote our special agendas and our own concerns and forget that people really are lost sinners who are, many people are lost sinners who are in need of a savior many people on your job are lost sinners in need of a savior many people in your communities are lost sinners in need of a savior so you know, when things don't go the way you think they ought to go and you feel like you have a right to act like a fool, you got to remember that there's somebody that's watching you who might be a lost sinner in need of a Savior. You might have a child in your house when you feel like you need to let off steam and you need to act like a bull in a china shop, a wild one at that. You need to remember that somebody's watching you Mm. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen? We should even look at other creatures, other Christians, excuse me, as part of the new creation. 
Sometimes we don't do that. And we should not evaluate people on their education. We should not evaluate them on their, on their race. We should not evaluate them on their, on, their, on, their, on their financial position in society. We should not evaluate them on, 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 on how they dress, how they look. Paul said in Galatians 3 and 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Uh, hallelujah. All one in Christ. Stop evaluating people based on things that you, categories that you put them in. Now, now the thing that the Lord has been ministering to me on from this uh, is that we need to deal with what we are in Christ. Let me say that again. Uh, glory to God. This is what we are in Christ, all right? But most often than not, we've not yet arrived here in the natural. We are new creatures in Christ. I'll say it again. We're new creatures in Christ, but we've not yet arrived at that newness in the natural. There is this newness that has been accomplished for us and credited to us through Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection from the dead and through our faith in him, there's a new spiritual being that is created in us. However, the struggle for every believer is to get to that place of newness in his or her life. struggle is to get to that new creature. I'll say it again. The struggle is to get to that new creature in Jesus Christ. God said you're here. But when you look at yourself, you see that many times newness is not being manifested in your life. Matter of fact, it's not only that it's not been manifested. Sometimes you, you, you realize that it's just not there. A whole lot of times after we've been saved, we still have our old frame of mind. We still have our old disposition. We still have that old spirit in us. Many times we find that we're not sensitive to the needs or the concerns or the feelings of others. But we're new creatures in Christ. Many times that we find that we do not follow the leading of, that, that we do follow the leading of the flesh rather than the leading of the Spirit of God. Many times we do get angry and we sin. We get disgruntled. Sometimes we cause confusion. 
Some of us throw the rock and hide our hands because division in the body rather than unity. And it's because we've not yet embraced our new position in Christ Jesus or challenged ourselves to grow up into what Christ has put on us. New creatures in him with a definite purpose, a definite mission in the world. You got to challenge yourself to grow up into Christ. You have to challenge yourself. When you hear the word, you have to challenge yourself to live out that word. Because if you don't challenge yourself, you won't do it. You won't do it. You know, I keep using this example, and I'm going to keep using this example about the scripture says if they slap you on one cheek, turn the other. And all of us laugh and say, well, I'm not there yet. My question is, when will you get there? Ask yourself, when will you get there? Ask your neighbor, when will you get there? Because as I said before, the slap is not always a physical slap. Sometimes it's something that happens that offends you. Sometimes it's something somebody said about you. Sometimes it's feeling overlooked. Sometimes it's feeling neglected or rejected. And God says, if they do it to you one time, turn the other cheek and let them do it to you again. We're new creatures in Christ, but yet we've not gotten there in the flesh. But when will we get there? You know, it's a dangerous thing when we don't embrace who we are in Christ and grow up into Christ because we will inevitably engage in actions that bring harm to the body. Inevitably, we will do something. And we have to remember, we've got to remember, saints of God, that we are the body of Christ. This is not an individual thing. You are not going to heaven by yourself. You are not in this thing. I know you're going to disagree with how I said that, but I hope you understand what I'm talking about. We are in this together. We are the body of Christ, and we have to be concerned about the body of Christ. So my actions affect you. Your actions affect me. My words affect you. Your words affect me. We are the body of Christ. And this individualistic thinking that goes on in the church is not a good thing. Not a good thing. You cannot fail to tithe and not affect me. Every time you rob God, you affect me. It's just not, well, this is my personal finance, this is my personal business, and this is how I'm going to handle this. No, but when you handle it the wrong way, you hurt me. 
If I handle it the wrong way, I'll hurt you. Amen. That's just a simple way of, of, of explaining a real way because finances hit people right where it hurts. Somebody said, if you get a person's pocketbook, you can have their heart. Praise the name of Jesus. Thank you for your prayers. Amen. I feel a clarity in my mind and in my spirit. Hallelujah. So it's dangerous, saints. It's dangerous when we don't embrace who we are. It's dangerous. It's dangerous because we will cause schisms in the body when we don't embrace who we are. As new creatures in Christ, we will do it. We'll do it. Amen. So what can be done about this? What can be done about it? Uh, there are several things. There are several things that can be done. One of them I mentioned earlier. We have to embrace who the Bible says we are. Amen. And, and of course, this embracing is a personal thing. I can't embrace you being a new creature in Christ. You have to embrace you being a new creature in Christ and all that means. Amen. You got to embrace that. The spirit of Christ has come to live in you. But now, there are a couple of scriptures in Romans and Galatians where Paul tells us to put on Christ. He tells us, he tells the believers, young and old, once you've accepted Christ, you've got to put him on. What does it mean to put on Christ? I put on his character. I put on his ways. I put on his will. I clothe myself in the ways of Jesus Christ, in the character of Jesus Christ. Because I'm now a new creature. And, and the only way that this is going to be lived out in my life is that I begin to embrace my newness. How many people, will, will you hear people do things and folks say, well, that's just the way I am. Well, when are you going to change? When are you going to be like Christ? When are you going to put on Christ? When are you going to take off the old man and be clothed with the new man? You can no longer say, once you realize and embrace that you are a new creature in Christ, you cannot continue to say, that's just the way I am. Because something has taken place on the inside of you. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. You got to embrace who the Bible says you are. And then, I, 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 and the Lord led me back to the ministry on, 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 on last Sunday. You got to submit to the ministry of, of the saints for your life. There's a ministry of the saints. You're part of the saints of God. The manifestation of the Spirit of God is given to each man for the purpose or the benefit of all of us. So that means that each one of you sitting in here the, the Spirit of God has given you, has manifested himself in your life in, certain, in a certain way. There's a gift in your life that has to be used for me and for your brothers and your sisters. That's the only reason he gave it to you. All right? There are works of service that you are being trained and prepared for. All right? And you've got to give yourself, you've got to commit yourself to the training. It's going to require your time. It's going to require your studying. It's going to require you challenging your, you, yourself to get out of your normal way of doing things. 
and your normal way of thinking, all right, so that you can be equipped to minister to the saints. Let me say this. I was thinking about this. You know, every Sunday that you come to church, you're in a training session. Every Sunday that you come to church, you learn something that you can use to minister to someone else. I don't have to have a special training session to teach you how to love your brothers or your sisters. The Bible says you're taught of God. That's what the word says. How you ought to love one another. Amen? But when you get the word, you know, uh, a lot of times you get marital counseling from the pulpit on Sunday. A lot of times you get conflict resolution uh, from the pulpit, from the message on Sunday. But the thing about it is, you have to pay attention to the word and you have to apply the word to your life. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a lot of times, if any, you come in here and you don't learn something. Even if you learn the same thing over and over again. But you got to give yourself to it. I mean, you, you, you are well equipped, well equipped to minister to the saints. Well equipped. You got enough word in you that you can just be a spousing word every day you live, in every situation, in every circumstance. You got enough word in you to know how to handle, handle uh, when people hurt your feelings. You got enough word in you. To know how to go to people when they offend you. You know, you got enough word in you to know that if you bring your gift to the altar, remember that your brother has an all against you to lay it down. Go back and be reconciled. You got enough word in you to know how to be reconciled to your brothers and your sisters. Because you've been taught in righteousness. But you got to submit yourself to it. Which is a part of embracing being a new creature in Jesus Christ. And then you have to submit yourself to minister to the saints. That's the ministry of the saints that you are a part of, but you've got to minister to someone else. A part of any training is the purpose of the training. You don't train to be an athlete to sit on the sidelines. Is that right? You don't train to be a lawyer to spend your life sweeping the floor. Whatever it is that you're trained for, you want to do that job and reap the benefits of that job. Is that right? And as you do that job, there's something that happens. You get better and better and better at the job. Sometimes you, we look at the church and we wonder, why are there so many immature Christians in the church? When, you know, you've been in the church 20 and 30 years and yet you're still immature. And one of the things that, that we realize is that people are ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. They're always getting. It's, you know, it's like folk that, that, you know, you go to the buffet. I ain't talking about nobody. And you just pile on the food. And just eat 
and just eat and just eat. Just because you want to get your money's worth. And just eat and just eat and just eat. But, 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 but the purpose of eating is to give your body energy to do work. The purpose of eating is not just to satisfy you, but it is to give your body energy to do work. So the purpose of you being trained, the purpose of you coming and receiving the word of God is to give you energy and inspiration and empowerment to go out and do work. Hmm. Paul says, so from now on, what, verse 17, uh, therefore if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature, creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All of this is from God, he says, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And what did he do? He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Wow. Wow. A real part of being a new creature in Christ is to engage in the ministry of Christ in the world in which you now live. Where you are right now. He didn't save me just to go to heaven. He saved me to work on this side until I get to heaven. God reconciled you to himself through your faith in Jesus Christ. He did not reconcile you to serve yourself, nor did he reconcile you to serve the devil. Amen. He did it so that you would be a part of the ministry of reconciliation. Ooh, think about the ministry of reconciliation. There might be somebody today that needs to be reconciled. Remember that we don't, we, we even think of other Christians as new creatures in Christ, all right, who need the ministry of the saints. So if there's another believer who's fallen by the wayside, whose job is it to go and minister to them? If there's somebody that's hurting, if there's somebody that's sick, whose job is it to go and minister to them? Amen? Hallelujah. Hmm. So, saints of God, all I'm saying is that each one of us needs to be wrapped up in this work of reconciling people to God at whatever place or point you come into contact with them at. There are works of service that you are being equipped for right now. Engage in it. Do what you're supposed to be doing. Which means that you can't just listen to the messages. But you got to put the messages into practice. You got to be a doer of the work of the word. I mean, the only way, we talked about this last week about growing into maturity. The only way you're going to do it is practice this word. You got to put it into practice. And most of the time, the word that we're talking about putting into practice, yes, we need to be witnessing it. And then when we talk about that, that's what people be begin to think about. But what about don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind? Put that into practice the next time you're listening to music that doesn't glorify God. The next time you're engaged in a conversation with somebody that doesn't glorify God. Be a new creature. In, put, in, be, 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 put that word into practice. Take off the omen. Put that word into practice. Deal with yourself where you are so that you will embrace your newness in Christ and grow in it. 
Because until you start dealing with yourself where you are, you will not be effective at any other level. You got to change your own disposition. Change your own mind. Discard your sacred cows. Release your fears and inhibitions and plunge into your position as a new creature in Jesus Christ, engaging in works of service. And you'll find that you'll begin to win that struggle. You'll find that you'll begin to succeed in this battle and in this struggle of being a new creature in Jesus Christ. You'll see stuff begin to drop off and you'll begin to see that you don't do things the way you used to do them. You don't, people won't, won't even affect you in the way that they used to affect you. Things won't bother you the way they used to bother you. Because you're now embracing your own newness in Christ. I'm not talking about what somebody else is doing. I'm talking about what you're doing for yourself. See, because a lot of times we're, we're, we're always concerned about what somebody did to us. What are you doing for yourself? How are you growing? How are you embracing your newness in Christ Jesus? Your own newness in Christ Jesus. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Embrace it, and you'll see it. If you don't embrace it, you'll never see it. You keep wondering, what does the Lord mean all things have become new? And you're still walking in your old ways, your old attitude, your old frame of mind. And you're looking out at, you look at everybody else out of that old way. And so it's easy to see other people's wrongs because you're looking out of them out of that old way. It's easy to see, you know, uh, one of the things that, 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 that bothers me is when people talk negatively about the church. You know, like, everybody in the church has done wrong. Everybody in the church is bad. But the problem is, people are looking out of their old eyesight. And they're not seeing newness. They're not seeing people that are striving to be like Christ. They're not seeing people who are growing from, from one degree of grace to the other. Because they're not growing. I was, I was just thinking about something last night and I made up my mind that, you know, there are some people I'm just going to have to cut off. You say, Pastor, that just doesn't sound godly. But the Bible says that if there are folk among you that cause confusion and disruption, withdraw yourself from them. So until some folk decide that they want to embrace their newness in Christ, I need to deal with, with folk who are at least striving. Right. <laughs> at least want to. I mean, you know. Amen? Amen. Because what happens is that they will hold you back. Yes, There'll be a burden on your shoulder. Yes, you know, sometimes the Lord just has to open up your eyes, you know, because being a pastor, you just want to help people all the time. Yeah. 
And you don't get tired of helping, but sometimes you just have to love them from, from afar. Let's stand.